Hey everybody, how you doing? This is uh, Biomass Podcast. I think we're to episode like six or so, and we've we've had a pretty busy week, and we've got some really cool guests on tonight for everybody to kind of talk to. And uh, I think we we have a good show for you. It'd be probably a little bit shorter than we normally have it, but that's no drama. Uh, tonight we've got uh, Aon Amati, and we've got uh, Hans Jaeger Blitzen, Bam Havoc, uh, myself, Pokey Draven, and Strizel, and as ever, Legend Wait for It Dairy will be uh, helping run the show for us. But uh, again, tonight, kind of an interesting topic. We've had a lot of news in the CCP world here, here recently, uh, and some of it, frankly, not too good. Uh, so I think everybody, for the most part, to listen to this podcast, or maybe you're catching it for the first time, you're probably tuned in enough to know that there's been a round of layoffs at CCP uh, that, that's affected quite a bit. And, and, it, and it created, uh, you know, some, some pretty emotional reactions because some of the folks laid off were, were definitely uh, player community favorites. Uh, and for a good reason, frankly, they were really, really good dudes. Uh, so that's one thing that we're going to be discussing a little bit. And it's really more along the lines of uh, w- what does it mean for us going forward? And if there, you know, where will the effect be felt, if anything? Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, the things that's going to keep the, the community going is really going to be the community. And we'll be able to work with folks at CCP, no matter who they are, even though some of the best links that we have may, may have kind of moved on. And that's no drama. We, you know, it, it's tough in the short term, but in the long term, we'll be able to work through it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then the last, the next thing we're going to talk about is we did have Hotfix Alpha come out, which is kind of the uh, the long-awaited or at least uh, much anticipated Hotfix slash point update uh, that CCP Ricotti and crew that are helping uh, run the dust part of uh, CCP in terms of how they're how they're sort of sustaining and dealing with the game. That was something that he pushed through with a lot of player interaction, a lot of CPM interaction, uh, and I'm very anxious to hear what our guests think about how it's being received and, and sort of in general what they thought of CCP Rotati's first foray into working with the community on actual content for the game or at least updates or balancing for the game. Uh, and then we'll probably close it off with a little bit of discussion about kind of the, you know, the CPM going forward in terms of how the elections will probably uh, sort of play out mechanically and, and sort of, you know, what's the importance of getting out the vote and why people should vote for the CPM. And I think that that, that, will, that will pretty much cap us at our, at our time for the night. So without further ado, we're going to get started and we'll do some introductions and we'll start with Aon Amadi. Aon, you up? That's a no. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bam, we'll go to you. All right. Uh, hey, Bam Havoc. Uh, just a gamer. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, yeah, cool. All right. Thank you. And let's see, Hans. I'm uh, Hans Jägerblitzen or Heinrich Jägerblitzen in uh, Dust, um, member of Onslaught and uh, CSM 7 Vice Secretary and current CPM Chairman. Okay, cool. And Aon, looks like you're back up. Sorry about that. Push the talk broke. I'm Aon Amati, um, NBC Corp. Demon Warfighters, CPM candidate. Awesome. And Derry? Hey guys, Derry from OSG, Community Director and Tech Support for um, Biomass. Pokey? Uh, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and uh, Alliance Leader in Covert Interventions, and I am a CPM1 candidate. And Sarizel. Hey, I'm Sarizel. Um, I am uh, an Alliance Leader of the Top Men Alliance in Dust514. I'm also a member of the Bastion, and I am also running for CPM1. Awesome. Okay. And I'm Jason Larrison. I'm a member of OSG Planetary Operations and a Diplo for the Covert Intervention Launch. And, uh, and again, uh, sort of the, the third bill co-host for the, for the Biomass podcast. 
so we're, we'll get right into it and we'll just kind of talk a little bit about it. Uh, here this last week, we've had uh, a fair amount of uh, CCP employees that have been uh, let go from the company. And, and it, it took me a while to kind of piece together how this worked out. But long story short, there was the layoffs and then simultaneously or, or near simultaneously, there were a couple of fairly scathing articles that came out in some uh, you know, mainstream press, not necessarily gamer news, but mainstream uh, news media, more like business news uh, about some of the kind of the hard feelings or, or the concerns that are happening inside CCP writ large. And, and that sort of triggered a lot of discussion on both the Eve and the Dust side. And basically what's happened, uh, everybody knows that World of Darkness shut down. Uh, and there's been a very steady uh, trimming of those folks out of CCP that have been you know, laid off or fired, uh, what have you. A few had been rehomed into other projects inside CCP. But for the most part, they were let go. And they, they've been with the company for quite a while. And many of them were holdovers from White Wolf as you know, before they got pulled into CCP. Uh, and here, this last week, uh, they cut essentially what was originally sort of billed as the publishing department. Um, and that was sort of the, the big macro tag that they put on it. And I, and I want to say it was somewhere north of 50, maybe 55, 56 total employees that got let go. But in the midst of that, it was not just the publishing department uh, or different components that were perhaps uh, holdovers from White Wolf. It was a... a a broader scope, and it became more more apparent when uh, CCP attorney or attorney. I'm not really sure how how you say that. A very well known Eastside community manager uh, was let go, and subsequently we found out that CCP Saberwing, one of the the fan favorites here on the Dust side, he'd also been let go. And and this was all in an effort to essentially um, merge a lot of departments or or overlap some department uh, activities so that they could cut down some of their numbers or make some efficiencies. Again, it's it's a tough business decision on how this went down, but that, that's sort of the gut, guts of what happened. And there's a lot of concern in the Dust Side community about uh, essentially what does this mean for interaction with the Dust community and, and how things are going uh, broadly for CCP and, and the games and the social platforms. And that's because that's really what these games are. They're social platforms for the community. So. With that, I'll kind of open the floor up to to the guys, and what I'd like to do is kind of start off with Hans, since uh, uh, you were, uh, you know, I'm not going to say you had forewarning of this, but the bottom line is you have probably a little bit better insight in terms of how this occurred, or at least what is the after effect uh, specifically in terms of how CCP is going to work with the community now that they've fairly radically changed uh, the community uh, community relations department, if you will. Uh, well, to be honest, I have absolutely no clue how that's going to play out. Um, uh, CPM doesn't really have any more information than the public does in this case. Like we we found out, I found out about all of this via Twitter when everyone else was tweeting about it. Like that's how I found out that there were layoffs was because other people were were tweeting about it while I was at work. And this is a case where we weren't really notified beforehand. It just got out and started spreading, and and then like. It wasn't till 24 hours later, like it wasn't till the following day that we even had a meeting scheduled where we could ask CCP questions about it. So in this case, like I'm completely behind the curve. The other, the rest of the CPM is completely behind the curve and we're, we're just normal people as far as information goes at this point. Um, we did have a meeting. The meeting was, you know, didn't really give us any more information. They just asked us if we had questions. And we, you know, asked a few questions that basically resulted in us being told the exact same information that Falcon posted today. 
uh, about the fact that that he's essentially the Dust community manager on the interim, and that's and that's really about all we walked away from it information wise. So uh, as far as how this is all going to play out, I have no idea. Uh, we were we were told the same thing that you guys were, and that you know they're going to try to keep an equal standard between how the Dust community is is you know handled and how the Eve community is handled and. You know, with the same commitments were made about involving the CPM in the process, just like the CSM is involved. But beyond that, that's about as much information as, or, or insight as I really have. Um, as far as the layoffs go in general, um, I, I, on some levels, yes, obviously it, it's it's tragic that we don't have those employees anymore. Um, I'm, like I'm sad to see a lot of the people go. I mean, there's there's more people even beyond just the ones that we know. Like uh, one that particular that I'm really sad to see go is is uh, CCP uh, Exagon who. Uh, essentially founded the CSM and was a 10-year veteran of the company that was awarded a sword last year and and you know was was not just a support system for us throughout my time on the CSM but was a personal friend as well and and you know has has really encouraged me uh in all the work that I've done in all this and and so it it hits all of us hard um that said as far as how this is going to impact the company it's it's impossible to tell they they obviously had a business reason for doing this um, I think you could actually really well make the case that um, fewer middlemen and fewer like middle managers in some cases really could improve things. Um, we've seen lots of examples where um, communication happened way too slow or there were way too many hands in the pot. Things should have been approved that weren't approved because there was somebody in between that wasn't approving them. And if the company has decided that that's actually slowing down progress and that by thinning uh, thinning out the number of people involved with every project that th- stuff can happen on an accelerated pace. Like if that's the intent and that's what happens, then this could be good in the greater scheme of things. It's too early to tell. And so, you know, I have to temper my, you know, the tendency like a lot of us have to, to feel like the worst case scenario has just occurred because there's, there's a lot of circumstances where, um, there, there should have been faster movement. I mean, if you look at the recent uh, patch that we're working on with CCP Rotati, there's a perfect example of where there's just zero middlemen. It's, it's a developer going straight to the community and working directly with them without anybody in between. And that system works and it works well. And it has, you know, in my opinion, and that's what we want to see going forward. So, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. And hopefully, hopefully uh, CCP made the right call here and, as as painful as it is, hopefully this will lead to something better. But we don't know yet. Yeah, fair enough. I just want to um, know why we can't start, like, you know, why they can't lay off, like, executive team members. Because, uh, you know, I, I, I think it turn probably contributed more to the game. Well, that's easy to say anytime this happens at any company. But that without actually being there in the office, being a fly on the wall during those conversations, we don't know exactly why each person was cut or what they, you know, what, the reasons were, you know, it's just we don't have anywhere enough information to cast that kind of judgment. I think as satisfying as it is to say, oh, it's the managers that should go. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a fair statement. Um, and and just the one thing that I'll just kind of I've been wanting to chime in on this. I was thinking about it since last night. The the one thing that really strikes me is that um, the reason that we're all kind of we get very invested in this is because for the most part, you know, the devs that we interact with. You know, they're part of the community too. I mean, that, and, and and so when they get stung by a layoff, uh, you know, it, it affects the community like it like it would with any community member. So, uh, like I said, that that's just sort of my point of view. Um, I do like the idea that there's effectively not not 
multiple different community managers anymore across all the CCP products. It's sort of consolidated now. I don't. I, I'll be frank with you. I don't. I don't particularly like the fact that Saberwing got let go, mostly because he was an incredibly good link into the community. But you know, the, the unfortunate reality is he's also probably one of the newer guys in the community team and in in the business world. A lot of times, you know, the last hired is the first fired, and, and it's very unfortunate. You to be very honest with you, but I, I think there's there's probably some business logic to it, perhaps. Uh, I don't like it, but I, I can see from that standpoint there may be something to it. I don't. I, I mean, I, I think there's a. I think there's a part of it too that. I, I mean, I, I don't know how much I think that that um, the community team being unified or something is necessarily a, a good idea. I've never felt that the even dust communities are particularly anywhere near similar. Um, I mean, they're similar in some ways, but very, very different in in many others. Um, and I, I think that there are certain players that I, I or there are certain members of of their the community team that had such a strong relationship with the player base. I, I think that that's a it's a really, really painful shot. Um, but I do think uh, the dust community is perhaps, and I don't have the metrics on this shrinking somewhat. Um, and to some degree, one might wonder if they feel that they don't need as many personnel to manage it. I, I wonder. I don't. I don't. I, as I said, I don't have the numbers. I've, I've, heard, I've heard no no evidence that that is the motivation behind this at all. Um. I mean. Okay. I mean, the the thing for me is, I've always felt that we're that we're, if anything, um, deprived of enough community um, community team members. Um. I don't think you know. I I think Logi Bro is pretty much the only one who ends up. Uh, doing forum moderation, I think to some degree it really speaks to a need for the ISD. Uh, CCP Frame is is still in Shanghai, and that's been his primary job has been forum moderation. So that that shouldn't really, the state of forum moderation shouldn't really be affected by this, as far as I know. Hey, Aon, Bam, what are, you, what are you guys' thoughts on this? I know, I know you both have very strong opinions, but I'm very keen to hear what you guys have on this. Bam, you can go first. I'm still consolidating my thoughts. As am I. <laughs> um, as far as like the forum moderation thing goes, like if I'm not mistaken, I might be. Hans would know. The uh, ISD for Eve Online actually has some volunteers for like forum moderation. So, if, like, do you know anything about that, Hans? Uh, yes, that's one of their that's one of their uh, primary jobs. Uh, the, I believe they're called the CC. Uh, what is it? C community. CPL, something about community liaisons. Um, I always forget yeah. ac acronym stoop, but uh, there is a branch that that handles forum moderation. That's something we've been, you know, you you've talked a lot about uh, trying to get that off the ground, um, and uh, that's that's something we should definitely all continue to push for uh, in the future. I think that's one, I mean, one thing that the in the wake of these layoffs that we can use as leverage is say, look, you know, if there's less people on board to help, then all the more reason to bring the community into the fold and, and, and have them step up to uh, provide some of that support that they're able to. So yeah. I think this is just an impetus, impetus to get programs like that off and to stop procrastinating um, and to, to do whatever it takes to get those going. And yeah, I, voiced, I, mean, like, I voiced that today on the forums. Um, and that is, I just wanted to step in really quick and say that is the CCL community communication liaisons are the forum moderation moderators in the ISD. That's the one. Yep. Yeah, the thing about it though is like you know, I've been trying to get this across in Skype and on the forums is that, you know, it sucks what happened, but 
we really need to actually focus on moving forward from this. And uh, like I know it, you know it, it sucks. You know, Saberwing was pretty awesome. You know, we all loved Saberwing, but the thing is, you know, the community morale, at least to me, has been at an all-time low, and you know, dwelling on it isn't going to get much solved. So, I'm still focused on actually getting, like, obviously, I'm not trying to repeat myself and saying that we need the ISD, but the whole thing about it is like, you know, as far as like forum moderation and shit. Excuse my language. We actually do need that because, like, <laughs> Lottie Bro and Frame can't do it by themselves. I mean, we, 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 there's a few, like, they're pretty good about, you know, moderating the forums, so there's a few that slip through the cracks. And I don't know. I think that the, uh, anything that the community can do at this point would be a morale booster. Anything that the community could get involved in would be a morale booster. And it's just something that we really need. Bam, any thoughts? I have many. I have many. Uh, but where do I start? Uh, right. Uh, as uh, I'm sure everyone here knows, uh, I uh, was told by CCP Saberwing himself um, this information uh, yesterday. And I did um, request if I could uh, relay it across to the uh, forum in the community. And... Uh, he didn't mind at all. And I actually asked him which medium would he prefer me to ask him as a post or a video. Again, he didn't mind. This is where Hans disagreed with me and I disagreed with Hans. Um, and the relative shitstorm that sort of uh, followed around it. Uh, I didn't think that a post would sort of convey the message I set across and the video I put out um, conveying the message uh, it was an editorial stuff up at the end i was meant to put a bit more stuff at the end of it i kind of not and stuffed it up and just edited and rendered it as it was so that video just went out as as was it wasn't meant to sort of end in that uh, dramatic sort of broken headset uh, against the wall thing um which probably didn't help the situation at all uh yeah, the shitstorm that followed with uh, comments from everyone um, didn't really help Matt as much because I think I contracted away from the uh, issue at hand, whereas we've lost someone who I, in the previous comment, says, uh, the king is dead and we've lost two princes. I really do hold um, Etern and CCP Sabering in the utmost respects. Um, I've known Etern since I first started playing Dust. Um, I've never had a bad word to say about Etern. I've never poked fun at his name. Um, the only dev uh, or cp whatever guy that i never poked fun at because he is my favorite um ccp saberwing had the utmost respect for because he did have a like a calming influence on the forums he said right that's shit right that's right carry on sort of thing he 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 didn't um mince his words you knew what you were going to get with him he took you seriously enough to uh, deal with the issue at hand and the shit's going to follow from the comments um antagonizing and uh so on and so forth didn't really help the situation at all i thought and uh yeah i'm i'll stop there okay fair enough and, I, I will just, say that saberwing um saberwing certainly had a, a knack for being uh the absolute most just just he he gave you the answer you know um no games about it and and i really appreciated that about having him on the team yeah, absolutely. He, he was very quick to engage anybody from the community. If if you like, you didn't certainly didn't need to be you know like a you know space game famous guy to get a response from him on the forums or Twitter or whatever. Uh, so it, it is like I said, it's a tough loss. 
And and one thing I want to point out, and uh, you know, we very intentionally wanted Hans and Bam on tonight. And, and here's the thing, uh, and I'm just going to tell everybody this right now: both of these guys legitimately care more about the community that it evolved around this game and, and the games under the CCP umbrella, probably at, like as much as anybody. Nobody cares more than either one of them. So any any sniping that you see on, on the forum mostly is pretty much all gone. You know, that, that's, those are to a degree emotional reactions and, and we we're not really going to spend a lot of time on it. But the one thing I just wanted to put out to everybody is, you know, I know Bam a little bit and I know Hans a little bit and, and I, I can 100% tell you that these are the guys that you want engaging the community on any number of different topics. And they have different different things that they're strong at, but the bottom line is that they both care about the community. And and most of the the emotion you saw over the last probably 24 to 36 hours, uh, it comes from that that passion that they both have. So I did want to just like put that out there. Is that anybody that, that tuned in to see like a you know a cage match tonight? That that just that doesn't happen. That that doesn't really happen here, particularly when you have guys that are uh, this committed to the community and trying to find ways to move forward in a positive light. So I, I, I did want to give you kudos to both of you guys about that. Well, well, thank thanks you. very much. It. Yeah, absolutely. No, no drama with that. The um, what, one thing I did, did note is the CCP Falcon uh, did step in, you know, Hans, you mentioned that and, and he was pretty, uh, pretty clear on what the direction is that I, I think he, he's going for, which is effectively no, no negative impact to the community in terms of their ability to uh, get their voices heard back to CCP. And I think that's a pretty fair assessment of what he's shooting for. Uh, Did you guys get kind of the same vibe from his posts earlier today? Um, One thing I'll say about that is, you know, it's one thing that Saber Wing was really good about was, you know, always being communicative with the community. And I think um, while they can say, that there's not going to be any negative impact on, you know, getting our voices, like the community's voices heard to CCP. They definitely can't really say much along the lines of be having that voice recognized because, you know, it was one thing to make a thread and then say, hey, CCP, you should do this. But it was completely different to have a developer go in there and say, hey, look, you know, there's something we're working on or something we're not working on, you know. And if they can measure up to that, then, you know, they can really say that there's no negative impact. But... Um, at the moment, uh, it's sort of skeptical. At least I am. Now, the way I see it is that uh, if you have direct player to dev communication, uh, there's going to be so much shit that's going to be left at the dev's door that they're just not going to be able to deal with it. No community manager, no communication with the devs, which means the CPM, CPM one. God dare I say it? Um, there's no need for it currently, is uh, my opinion. I'm sorry to say that, guys, but. Uh, Null and void, not fit for, not fit for purpose. And I know I'm saying stuff that's been echoed in many a uh, Pyrex video, but uh, it's it's come true, unfortunately. Well, I have to there. There is no, 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 no. Look, there's no need for it at all. That's um, yeah, patently every, untrue. Every, patently everyone's untrue. Uh, running there's for more CPM one. They view there's no, twice as much need. Yep, absolutely. With, without, with, like, okay, so so to go back really quick and recap the other question is. Per, you know, I, I'm sure Falcon is going and and his team are going to do their absolute best to do with what they can. And I'm assuming um, that Falcon himself was not, you know, the person who had to decide how many people he had to, you know, lose in his team. Um, but the reality is, is I think that both Etern and um, uh, Saberwing are 
two of the the better you know community people that that I've ever seen, and losing both of them, there's no way it doesn't hurt um, community relations, and there's no way that there that I I believe from what I've what I've seen so far that there isn't going to be a, a loss in that in that communications, and and the thing is is the CPM is that other avenue. You you know you have the the CCP devs reading the forums. And that's that's them doing their they're they're going to going and surfing around to look for things, but it's the CPM that goes the other way and and pushes those things to CCP. And with with less devs who are actively seeking out that information, it makes it even more important that the CPM are prepared to push that information in CCP's face if they miss it. So uh, I just want to chime in real quick. I don't want to like defend something without knowing where you stand on it. Why do you like Bam? Um, why do you feel that there's no need for a CPM anymore? Well, simple fact of the matter is, is uh, CCP have stated that it won't affect uh, the development of any of the current games. Generally, um, Dust is dead. We all know that. It's uh, it's on its last legs. Uh, time's up and all that jazz. It's moving up to Legion. Um, the CPM. Currently, CPM0 are handing over to uh, CPM1. The CPM1 not only have to manage what's left of the dead horse that is thus far 14, um, but they've now also got to go and uh, have input into a game that's going towards PC, not a PS3. Um, I have a difference of opinion than uh, Soraya, and I do believe there's no need for a CPM or CPM1. Um, just go full board, develop for Legion. Uh, once Legion's greenlit, then... Put a vote out for CPM one. I'm not saying don't have a CPM one ever. I'm saying not yet, not now. Why? Why pop the? Why put these? Um, why pull the managers of the uh, community uh, just in the middle of the transition between CPM zero and CPM one? I mean, is this just the? Um, is just me, or is that a bit uh, close to the bone? You know. At the end of the day, it was never their decision. No, I understand that was never the decision, but this is just like another notch on the. Yeah, you know what I mean. But if you listen, if you listen to CCP themselves, like they're the ones that are telling everybody exactly why a CPM needs to exist. I mean, even look at look at Hotfix Alpha and, and Ritati. He's he's actively saying, look, these guys are a vital part of the process. They help me with the information that I need. They help me uh, filter through the information and making sure that, that what we're doing matches broader community sentiment rather than you know the cases where there might be only a handful of people posting in a thread. Um, it, you know, this, this, this role of, of, you know, helping them understand the community and the community perspective at every step throughout this process is absolutely vital. And I think the idea of waiting till Legion is greenlit to involve the community in the development is absolutely tragic folly. I mean, that is, that is why Dust is in a state. Let's, let's be honest here. This is why Dust is in a state that it is, is because for the last couple of years, there hasn't been a strong enough involvement of the community in the development process. And we all know that. We all know the decisions that should have been made differently every step of the way that led to this game being in the condition that it is. And we and we also have been there every step of the way handing CCP the answers that they need. And sometimes they take them and sometimes they don't. But I think that all of this to say the community is, is going to be needed that much more in the future. CCP has been very explicit about the CPM's involvement in that process and why they're crucial. And when the devs are sitting there saying, look, without the, you know, without the community managers, we need the community involved this much more and we need the CPM specifically to be involved. Like, who are we to sit back 
you know, as outsiders and just cast judgment on that when CCP is being very explicit about the need to have an institution. I think the idea that we're out somehow obsolete, you know, it's just been proven time, uh, just untrue time and time again. And and I think the big point to highlight um, in terms of the CPM, the need for the CPM before Legion is, is developed and, you know, even fully spec'd out is the fact that I, I think there's several elements of dust where the issue isn't a po- isn't a fix that's easily applied to it to the game a, 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 as much as it's a a crucial design flaw from the very get-go and so having player feedback in before those things are final before they're written into the game before the rest of the game is designed around them is is crucial Think of how FanFest could have turned out differently if they had listened to us. I mean, that was that was the big lesson to learn from all of that, is that CCP had the resources at their disposal. Now, in that particular situation, they chose not to use us in a way that they should have. They did chose not to listen to our advice, and things turned out horribly. And I think, you know, once again, it's just another case where, you know, it's very, very clear why there should be a community advisory group deeply involved in the development process um, and, and to be there as a constant resource for CCP to use. The fact that they haven't used us efficiently in the past doesn't in any way change the need for them to use it in the future. And if, if Falcon and the others are on board with that and, are, and, and guys like Rattati are saying, I need this to do my job, then like, who are we to question that? One thing, I just, I just want to kind of make sure I'm backing it up a little bit. Uh, Bam, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you were saying, uh, just so I'm clear, is that uh, it, in the current state of dust right now, it's not that you don't want a CPM at all. It's literally just, is this period right now, uh, is it is it an efficient use of community time? Is that, is that kind of what you were getting at? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, again, my opinions differ wildly compared to uh, the others in here. Um with no point contact and no communication um, from the devs to the CPM, um, having lost that through Saberwing, uh, you guys are going to suffer from the same problems that uh, Hans, Jenza, Kane, Iron Wolf Saber, and what's yeah, one yeah. Wolf I've uh... suffered from. So you guys have got a lot of work ahead of you if you guys are going to keep on top of it. And trust me, it's a lot of work. But what's the reference material to that claim um how, how do you get the impression that there's not going to be any communication there's nobody to communicate to there's going to be no communication because there was no communication in the past um as hans and the other uh, cpms have said since they had well, said their said communication increased no with uh, them and the uh, devs so you know no no saber wing equals no communication and that's how i see it unfortunately mate. they're not they never said that there wasn't any communication they said that there was communication it's just that they aren't. They're not. They didn't listen in some cases. And CCP is not obliged, not obligated to listen to the CPM at all. The CPM is an advisory council of anything. Well, just let me let me let me kind of sort of throw, throw one last comment on this, and, and we'll kind of transition on. That, um, and, and this is actually more for Bam. And, and I, I kind of I see exactly where you're coming from on this. Um, I don't know that I agree with you. But I think I see where your point is on it. The only thing I would kind of offer is we, we all agree that, like, for example, I, I think I think we noted that CCP Rattati and his exchanges with the community have been, have been pretty positive. I, th- I think we'd all generally agree with that. Um, you might not agree with all the stuff that made it in Hotfix Alpha or whatever, but just the level of contact he's had with this is good. So that's that's a good example of a dev going straight to the community. Um but I guess the way I look at it is I, I still do have questions about where exactly the CPM fits in 
in things when you do have a period of transition, which you're going through with Dust and Legion. But I guess the way I come down on it is I would rather have that group there that's applying some focused effort than not. Because at the worst case, even if they come up with really uh, like really good recommendations, suggestions, and feedback, and it's not listened to, at least it's being come up. It's another avenue of trying to present it back to the CCP team. Um, so, so that's kind of where I come down on it. And, and I just kind of like, you know, real quick, bam, if just, does that kind of make sense? Is It's like, would it be better to have them even if they're, they're underutilized? If they're underutilized, then why have them at all? What I'm trying to say before, um, Aeon tried to sort of, yeah, um, what I'm trying to say is back in the past, Uprising and all that jazz, before, um, Ruse joined before Sabering joined. Um, there was no direction in the CCP Shanghai um, due to other bits and pieces. And Hans has told me himself um, that there was no um, constant communication, no setup of meetings, no points of contact in with the dev team in Shanghai. And that's what I'm drawing on. Yes, there was communication, but from what I understand, it was few and far between and very limited. Um, and they were not listened to and they were not heeded. Um, which is my major concern for the CPM1. Why have them and not have them listened to or not have them um, engaged with? There's no point. And that's what I'm point I was trying to make, yeah. But I see you. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, so, the, the, sorry, I'm just really pissed off, man. It's it's beyond me how pissed I am right now. Oh, it's all good. It's totally understandable. But like the only thing I want to respond to that is just I would much rather have an underutilized police force than not have one at all. <laughs> That's just my standpoint. Waste of time, waste of efforts. Until you actually need them. Well, that, and that's fair. And, and and again, one thing I'd like to point out, um, I I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Logi Bro is still doing a lot of the community management stuff. Uh, is that right, well, Hans? Well, yeah, and even more specifically, Logi Bro has always been the direct CPM handler. He's the one that's going to be managing the election. That was always the case beforehand. He's the one that wrote the white paper. And, and frankly, when it comes to this hotfix alpha stuff, he's been an integral member of that team and been the primary person shuttling the information uh, back and forth between the CPM and CCP Rotati. And so like we, we can't sit here and actually make a serious claim that, that because Saber Wing is out of the picture, that suddenly the CPM has no context or has no contact. Like it's it's a ridiculous claim because like Saber Wing was the community manager. He wasn't the CPM direct point of contact throughout the last year. That was always CCP Logi, bro. And so the CPM has not lost its link to CCP in any way. And I think this is just something that's factually true that has to be out there. Like the community needs to know this because, I mean, first of all, for for to give Logi, bro, some credit. I mean, the guy's put an immense amount of work and he's been the one that's that's been our advocate every step of the process getting this off the ground. And and that's that's not in any way to diminish Saberwing's work either. But in terms of, of the CPM's direct support, um, you know, the equivalent of, of, say, CCP Dolan or CCP Lilu or CCP Exagon on the CSM side, it's always been CC, CCP Logi, bro. And so that 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 link is still intact. That relationship is still intact. And I have absolutely no reason to believe that it's not going to be just as strong with CPM1 as it has been with CPM0. So has, has thing, have things been perfect the last year? Of course not. Have we been underutilized? Absolutely. But but that was also a, before they made a lot of these management transitions that brought people in and, and that brought guys like Rotati on board specifically to change all that. And so when CCP is making a clear effort to reach out and correct the mistakes of the past, and when we have the resources and points of contacts in place to continue our work, 
it's it's silly to say that because we made a mistake in the past that things can't improve. They have to improve and they will. And the right people are in place to do that now. Even with without Saberwing, we still have the right people in place. And 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 CPM one will continue and, and that, that relationship will only grow. Okay. Yeah, and and again guys, this you know, my, my impression, you know, kind of standing back from all this is that at the end of the day, strong like strong opinions on this really come down to the investment that people have made into the community and the game. And that's one thing I want to kind of leave with the audience on this one. And we'll kind of start to transition on to a couple other topics. And uh, at the, at the end, at the end of the day, whether you think that the CPM is necessary or not, whether you think that uh, CCP is making good decisions or not, or whether the, the game is X, Y, or Z, uh, most of us are here because of guys like those in the podcast. We were brought here into this game. Somebody recommended it, recommended it to us. We met some guys in the game, or we met some folks in the game that made us want to stay, uh, despite whatever was going on. And then we effectively, you know, generated fairly organically uh, the community that you, ha- you have now in Dust, and eventually probably in Legion. So e- even though there's disagreements, you know, I value the opinions of everybody in the podcast and pretty much everybody on. Uh, you know, in the dust community, because everybody has has an opinion and it's their perspective. I may not agree with it, but that's okay too. Um, so with that, we'll kind of transition on. And you guys kind of brought up CCP or Toddy several times, and, and I really did want to get everybody's kind of thoughts on how the process went with the way Ritati engaged us and what you guys think about how the CC, how correction Hotfix Alpha uh, has been received, or at least. Is it value added based on how he went about the process to, to figure out what he wanted to change? And uh, you know, just your general thoughts on it now that it's been uh, plugged into the system. I'll kind of open the floor up to, to you guys. What do you think? I'll make one really quick statement. That is that some of the stuff with Hotfix Alpha isn't quite complete either. Like I still think we're waiting on the PC changes to get uploaded. And uh, I think with the cloaks, there was a very slight uh, delay added, uh, something to do with uh, when the animation was occurring, the decloaks so that it's easier to see people um, as they're decloaking, but that hasn't really changed the firing delay or anything that, that people have actually been asking for. And so there's still some sort of like loose ends where the patch is concerned. And, and you know, I think that should be known, you know, but I'll, I'll then uh, give it to everybody else to actually comment on what you guys thought of it. We're talking about Hotfix Alpha, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, Hotfix Alpha. Yeah. I'm pretty um, fond of what I've seen so far. Um, I- I've heard there are blaster tank um, drivers complaining they can only kill one person at a time, which in my book means that the patch is working as intended. Yeah, on the opposite spectrum with the tanks, though, like I tried running with the PLC and uh, like took some AV sh- fits off the shelf and tried to run with those. But I got to say, like, even with the damage boost, the PLC is still not really up to par. And I'm looking forward to some of the other changes they've had. And the I'll reason agree. I say that is, is mostly because, like, AV is such is in such an odd place right now, man. It really is. Like, you know, you can run Commando and get the damage bonus off the light weaponry and then have, like, the other light weapon to kind of, you know, keep you in check if infantry comes up. And then you can have the assault, which is a little bit more mobile, less defensive, and have the access to AV grenades. So it's either you know you're sacrificing the damage bonus, or you're sacrificing the additional grenades, and it's just this huge. Like, I don't know, like the AV situation right now. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they want to iron that out. 
Yeah, I, I, AV is is it's still crazy. I mean, I've been playing um, mostly with heavy suits for AV. Um, I, I've been since my beleaguered swarm launchers have been pretty much permanently shelved and, until uh, we hear more on those. Which I guess they they said they're still collecting more data or looking to balance the other AV first before they figure out how to fix swarms. Um, but I've been using forge guns mostly, and and forge guns are in a decent place. Um, they're they're not great, but they're they're probably the best AV we have right now. Um, and I yeah, the plasma cannon. I heard good things. I tried it um, on the rare occasion that you hit something with it. Yeah, it is nice now um, to to take a tank shields out in one hit from a light weapon. Um, but good luck getting that one hit, and uh, that thing runs out of ammo really fast. Well, that wasn't the problem I had. I had problems with the. Uh armor tanks like it's really not it's meant for shields yes but the amount of repair that you can get on a, on a magigar is just insane like uh, it really is yeah. a group effort to try to take those things down <laughs> yeah there's I, I i have a continual peeve with the fact that i i, I see a uh, drop ships re- repair from nearly dead to full in like three or four seconds and you see the same with tanks in some cases yeah, fair enough. Hey, Bam, you're the heavy extraordinaire in the channel. What are your thoughts, man? You're the the master forge gunner. <laughs> master forge gunner. I don't think about. I don't, no, no, no. Uh, there are many other forge gunners out there that do a much better job um, than I do. Uh, I rooftop forge gun because I'm that kind of pussy. Um, there are many people who um, <laughs> run on the ground with forge guns. Them boys have got. Cahoon is the size of coconuts, whereas I've got little uh, raisin ones because I don't like getting um, mixed up with tanks and then having to turn around and then face 400 mi- infantry and uh, their uh, Deval rifles only to en- end up a uh, smudge on the uh, pavement uh, and having to deal with the tank. So I tend to stay on my little perch and find the first thing that comes across. Um, I will say the Assault Forge gun is... Most likely the uh, best forge gun because of the rate of fire and the damage output. Um, you can run the Kaldari Heavy with uh, damage mods and uh, one armor repair and be a force to reckon with um, on the ground. Um, but I'm running a lot of the um, uh, Amar suits still um, when it comes to the Sentinel stuff and that is my go-to fit. Um, I quite like my uh, my Sentinel. Uh, I, I've got the Galente, I've got the Mimitar, I've got the Kaldari, but I don't know. I just keep going back to my um, Amar, even though after the changes of uh, 1.8, it's still a good viable suit that does what I want it to do. And uh, when you put an HMG in my hands, uh, people die. Yes, Huge that fan. was full of ego. <laughs> it's, it's all right, man. It, it's absolutely all right. Um, just my broad thoughts on Hotfix Alpha. I, I, one, I did really like the engagement that they had with the community. I, I'm not a scout. I don't play scouts or anything like that. But I watched some of the conversations between folks like Zatara and Appia and Shadi and a few few other people floating in and out. That they got into an incredibly technical discussion on the scouts with Ritati, and, and that was a that was a pretty pretty interesting thing. Uh, I'm. I'm kind of curious to hear from the scouts, you know, what they think of Hotfix Alpha, because I know that I think it, it probably touched them more than touched anybody else, I think. think. Uh, and I am patiently kind of waiting to see what's going to happen in, in Hotfix Bravo. Um, I, I've seen a lot of different discussions about suit balance and things like that. How do you make mediums, like medium suits, a little bit more viable and that kind of jazz. 
Um, and and I, there was also a hint from CCP Rattati about AV, like potentially giving commando suits some kind of AV bonus. I don't know if that's like a, just him thinking out loud on the forums or whatnot, but, um, uh, you know, broadly, I think Hotfix Alpha was pretty good. I, I, I'm kind of digging it. Uh, anything that uh, swings a nerf bat at a combat rifle, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, but for Hotfix Beta, Bravo, I think that's what we're calling it, right? We're going um, with Bravo, yeah. It's probably, yeah, it threw me off. I thought they were going to go with Beta, but, you know, well. But uh, what, what do you guys want to see in Hotfix Bravo? Like, what, what's the. Iskin Fakwar. Two or three things. Iskin Fakwar. Oh, I mean, Iskin Fakwar. I'm going to hop up and down on that topic until it happens. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think it's as much adding is to Fasquare as it is removing the sink from the store and, and forcing people to spend money into it. I'm fine with LP being the resource if the uh, LP stores were fleshed out with the items that everybody needed. Um, and so, you know, like uh, there's a there's a, a dozen different ways to hack this. Adding is is certainly another layer you could do into that, but it may even not be necessary if there was actually fleshed out LP stores and there wasn't an ISK penalty to the point where you actually could. Uh, completely replace your losses from what you're gaining in the LP store. If that were the kind of environment we were talking about, it would be much more sustainable than the current uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that though, because like the uh, the LP costs are kind of ridiculous. Having an is cost on top of that is kind of ridiculous. I mean, the, the whole system was developed with the, with having a player market in mind, and because there is not going to be a player market, it's kind of falling short on its intended purpose. And I think we really need to like re completely reevaluate that entire LP store situation in more ways than one. Yeah, as a sustainable property, it's so far from there. It's not even funny. It. I mean, you know, I I don't. I'm trying to think how many matches I would have to do to replace one suit with LP um, if I could get all the stuff. Um, and the the thing is, is I, I mean, it's such a it's such a great opportunity if we can make if Fakwar is more appealing um, financially from from a gain standpoint um, to run than pubs, it, it, then it would take a lot of players out of pubs that really shouldn't be in pubs. They could farm in Fakwar instead, and that that would probably smooth out some of the matchmaking issues, smooth out some of the pub stomping. But you do have to actually make it the better choice of how to spend your time if you want people to do that. Yeah, I mean, like they recently um, announced. I'm not sure if it actually has gone in yet, but they recently announced that you know they're going to be removing the uh, ISK generation from clone sales from BC, which you know I'm kind of like on the fence about that. I think uh, they need to reevaluate PC entirely and come up with a new system as to how to get incentive for people to actually want to do PC without, you know, having, I mean, obviously there was a lot of incentive beforehand is probably too much, but now I don't think that there's enough because, you know, you have to spend a couple of million to get a clone pack, break in and then get wiped out by the, you know, guys who are already there. But the thing about it is that, you know, with that in mind, I don't think, pub matches are enough as far as the ISK, you know, because you don't make any ISK in Faction Warfare. So pub matches are literally the only place that you can get ISK unless you're borrowing from somebody else. That being said, you know, how do you afford a clone, how does, it, how does your corporation afford a clone pack without being really good at the game and not having a lot of losses or just running BPO gear? <laughs> so, I don't Taxes. know, I think it's just a... Taxes are delicious for clone packs. Um, but I mean... But sure, but now, I mean, you're, you're still... If you're winning in PC, you can make some money on it, but um, in the the new system. But um, 
just as a counterpoint, I'm a huge fan of the, the fact that they're uh, getting rid of the ISK from PC. Um, as you said, PC needs to be looked at holistically from a, you know, completely redesign it factor. And the reality is, is at least right now, we're not going to see that in Dusk. It's not happening. And the other yeah, thing we're, it's, we're it's definitely a legion thing. And the other thing we're not going to see right now is we're not going to see the court battle system come back. But what they've done is, or what they will be doing since they they haven't gotten it out yet, um, by taking the ISK out of PC, they remove a, a, a ISK faucet that was horribly unbalancing not just PC but Facwar and pubs as well, just by the the absolute disjointed distribution of wealth. And so not only do they stop that so that at least the, the broken system isn't making other things even more broken, but they're also enabling an environment. The, the incentive is there. You have to look at it differently, though. The incentive isn't ISK. The incentive is court battles. It is court battles if you use it that way. There's no reason to kick someone off of their district and take their district. Your best, your best choice in the new system is to attack and fight, but not kick them off. The only reason you'd want to kick them off is if you actually have serious beef with them. So you can, you're, you're essentially farming your opponents over and over would be the, the probably biggest way to make ISK on there. Um, You know what that sounds like? That sounds like boosting. (laughs) No, no. You know what that sounds like? Like no shit. That sounds like how they work in wormholes. Like they're, they're to evict somebody out of a wormhole is it's not useful because they're much more about the fight, like the PVP fight than they are about things like Sov. So what you see in Eve on the wormhole side is they'll literally go in there and just keep, like literally just keep stepping into the ring with a guy and they'll get just to the point before they evict him and they'll pull back, let him build back up and they'll go back in there just for the fights. That's right. exactly I don't know. what it sounds like you're, you're, and, you're and describing. The, the thing is, is that, you know, since they've removed the district or they're removing the district income from from, you know, each district that you own, having a ton of districts is no longer an advantage. It's it or not much of one because it's a liability. The more that you own, the more you have to defend. So your best your best option is to let as many parties as possible play in PC. So you have as many forces to attack potentially and, you know, take ISK by, by uh, you know, beating them. And I, I think that that's, a, that's an advantage in a system. I mean, I would love to have a conquest system where territory was meaningful and still an enterable system. But we don't have that system and we're not getting that system. So the next best thing is turning PC into the closest we can get to court battles. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's see. Aeon, Bam, if you had to pick like like two things a piece that you would really like them to fix that you think could impact you know gameplay uh, in Dust for Hotfix Bravo, what do you think you'd want? Um, shield module evaluation is is reevaluation is one that I've been working on with the guys in Skype, and you know like there's been a lot of well I wouldn't say a lot there's been a couple of forum threads about it that I really like. I mean uh, the suggestion to have. Um, like very powerful shield regulators is awesome to me. And the reason I say that is because uh, shields, I know a lot of people say like, Oh, well you just can't get as much HP as armor. Well, you're not supposed to. The whole thing about shields is that it's about less downtime and hit and run style play. Whereas armor is for the, you know, is in it to win it. So I think reevaluating shield regulators is a good start. Uh, And then we can work on the other stuff afterward. Uh, But uh, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent. So, <laughs> sh- 
shield module reevaluation, and then the second thing is the um, I'm really looking forward to seeing some AV reevaluation. I'm not sure how much they're actually going to do that, but you know, it's just one of those things. No, that's pretty fair, Pam. What do you think, man? Well, uh, if uh, Hotfix Bravo came out and they made Ambush a team deathmatch instead of a tank deathmatch, I would be forever grateful. <laughs> um, basically, my again, my opinions very wildly from people here. Remove tanks from Ambush and vehicles from Ambush completely. Just get rid of them. They're ruining what Ambush should have been, which is team deathmatch. Um, as well as uh, creating uh, subcategories of the same matches, ambush, skirmish, and um, domination, where you meta lock those certain levels, so you don't get the uh, proto stomping yeehaw cowboys that have been farming a skin faction war. Sorry, faction war, planetary conquest, come up and uh, absolutely riddle uh, the new player experience, as everyone keeps banging on about the forums, um, full of holes because obviously the uh, militia gear cannot stand up to a proto suit so yeah that would be um most welcome i can't i can't agree on on meta level locking i, I think it it to, I, I don't think it tackles the issue I, I think that the issue that that is is truly important it, because you can do just as badly in a proto suit as a militia suit you could do just as great in a militia suit as a proto suit the the biggest thing that it comes down to is is squads versus solo players and and horrible matchmaking um, in some cases with regards to that. I, I think that if you wanted to find a a change to ambush that would make it compelling and and available to new players, um, I definitely could see the removal of vehicles. Um, if it, not because I, I vehicle users deserve to be kicked, but because they're there's such an inherent inability to balance vehicles and infantry with the game mechanics that we have. Um, it's called but, a forge gun to the face. But I, <laughs> well, give my forge gun ten times a day. All tankers run away from um, the forge gun. But I think that what you what I think the biggest thing is I I think that ambush has no reason to allow squads. I think um, if you made that a solo only um, mode, you would see. A lot more balance in it i think you would see a lot less farming in it and um i think it would be a safer place for people to go try out new fits without getting dominated by organized play again dude uh, uh opinions vary well i think i think that's actually i think both of you're kind of striking on something it's it's literally how do you make everybody's like focused on the ambush and that's that is really the one the one thing where you're either stopped or getting stopped and it's it's really a binary equation at that point um I, i'm not a big fan of like limiting players but the one thing i would say is that ambush is the one place where uh, I, I do actually by the way quite like the option of the no vehicle ambush i kind of dig that um i see where your where is coming from in terms of the uh you know team you know like teamwork is op jazz that that's probably the one thing I would never want to work, want to nerf is actually getting people on comms with each other. The the flip side is that you're right. Six guys in a squad can dominate a an ambush just like a tank can. Uh, now the one thing I, I will disagree with Sarai on a little bit is uh, the metal level piece. Uh, this is I, I think I think this is what CCPZ has been kind of trying to drive at a little bit in terms or at least they've been talking about in the Legion part of the forums is matchmaking where meta levels are are in play i'm conceptually i really like that idea like like straight up i, I think i think bam's got it 
the problem that I'm not sure about is like, what is the, like, it seems like you'd have to get to like a critical mass of player base to, where it will make the matchmaking work. And that's the only thing I don't know about. But I think you guys are both approaching the same problem in terms of ambush. Uh, so that, that's pretty straight. Um, Hans, what do you think, man? If you know, just straight up player view, what would you want in Hotfix Bravo? Um, shields, uh, definitely one of them. Uh, I'd love to tackle this faction warfare thing if possible. Um, uh, already we, we've started to discuss, uh, looking at weapon DPS, uh, and weapon ranges and smoothing out some of that. So I, I expect to see some of that, uh, uh, if, if that discussion goes well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think everyone else has pretty much covered, uh, the pressing stuff. Which, cool. uh, one thing I wanted to chime back to about the, you know, no vehicle ambush thing. There's no reason that we can't have metal locked sort of game modes like that but i think they need to be balanced as far as payout if we are going to do that because you know if you're making more more isk i mean or even the same amount of isk and an infantry only as you are uh, an ambush match with vehicles i think it's a little flawed because more people are going to naturally you know align with the infantry play because there's less risk involved i think <laughs> so i mean if it's well balanced as far as like risk to reward ratio then sure but, you know, but this, like, another thing I want to add is, um, I don't think it's, I think it's a good idea, kind of, but right now it's not, because we only have, like, 3,500 players on at any given time, and I don't think segregating them even further, it would just, <laughs> I think it's a bad idea. Chirp. I think Jason appeared. Jason's usually the one who pushes this along. Yeah. Oh, come on, you're killing me, dude. I'm playing Yeah. Him. I'm just gonna lay it I'll on. Lay, oh, that, okay, that's new. <laughs> like, like we've ever had that happen before. The uh, what, what you guys miss, like in the uh, in the listening audience, is that there's about like five different Skype, Skype channels and uh, text channels going on. It's uh, it can get pretty sporty in those, so it, it gets interesting. And yes, I actually do get blamed for quite a bit on the show. Yeah. just for the fact. Godin does not want people to kick him out of ambush, and and thinks that after blaster tanks got nerfed, um, people should stop trying to remove him from ambush. So anyway, you can get kills because he knows I can't get him with my forge gun. Oh boy! There you go. There <laughs> we go. go. No, I, no, I think that there's something very valid to that, that. That we need to really look at the ambush thing a second time now that we've we've changed some of that. That's always been my sentiment about it: is that the the, the power level between uh, anti-infantry tanks and and just especially that power level combined with you know. Map size has a lot to do with with these things, and ambush is a, a smaller engagement zone. And um, there's just like certain mechanics in games that they get out of balance when you don't have a, a proper relationship of, of power to scale. And now that 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 power uh, you know ratio has been been reduced quite a bit, uh, or at least it's been reduced enough that it deserves a second chance. That that certainly tempered my own feelings because I was one of those people that was very against having am vehicles at all in ambush. But maybe that's not the case anymore. I think it's it's worth reevaluating. Yeah, I mean, I think that as I said before, I think the more important thing is to talk about the the squads um, being the you know the the full full proto team death squads being allowed in ambush. I think that actually has a bigger play um, in 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 ambush than even tanks being say allowed. Um, I mean, when you saw, you know, when you see tank farming in, in ambush, that's usually a squad and you have less of them now because there is a tank limit now in there, but you still saw, I mean, 
you know, if you have a single tank that, that comes into ambush, there is still a pretty darn good chance that it's going to get blown up. Um, but if you have a squad of people supporting it, then it's a very different story. That's fair. So the tank dies once and I've got to die 30 times. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I Trust me, I feel your pain, but I, I think that the, the larger issue is still squads versus solo players and i think that a solo only mode would give a lot of people more of an ability to go play by themselves um as much as it is a team game as people keep uh, reminding me when i say this there are a lot of players who play this game solo and not supporting them is a good way to not get their money does anybody remember back in closed beta when tanks were like two hundred fifty thousand isk each <laughs> Oh, and I, I um, think, tank I, missile I crisis, yeah, that was fun. And solid snake, I, like beast. Like I'm, I'm really on the. That's one of the things I'm actually really on the fence about. Is you know, like I want players to have accessibility and be able to do the things that they want to in the game. But at the same time, I think a really powerful option should be kind of expensive. So like, like I've never been able to quite decide whether I'm for you know having vehicles the same price when they are as powerful as they are. Or you know, having them be as powerful as they are for more exp- at the expense of you know being more expensive and having less accessibility. So it's uh, it's like one of those things that I've been trying to figure out where I stand is whether I'm with the players on their accessibility to play what they want to play, or you know, <laughs> balancing, ba- balancing by cost is always a a, a you know a, a dicey maneuver, anyways, because there's always going Titans. to be an Im- an imbalance of resources at some point in the game. Somebody somewhere, money is not going to be an issue for, and you always have to sort of design the game with that in mind of of what happens when you get in a scenario where a certain group or a certain individual has unlimited or or relatively unlimited resources. Um, does the game balance, and, and is it still playable at that level? And I think. That's that's the challenge of trying to use price to mitigate some of this. Um, I think I think I think it's it makes much more. I think that what's critical in the end is that uh, people that want to do something like drive a tank or, dr- or fly an assault dropship or fly a regular dropship or or whatever they want to do, those options should be there under most circumstances. I mean, I think if they're you know, like like you said, Aeon, if if uh, if we had more people playing and we had a larger group and we could uh, parse this up into into like more more granularity between the, the matches then yes you could certainly put in a mode where something like tanks wasn't uh wasn't an option and that would be fine for players that wanted to play that kind of a game uh but there still needs to be an option for people that that run tanks or run dropships uh to, to play the game and to play that play style i mean that's what people invest their skill points in when they go down a tree and you know like a tank and a, and a dropship shouldn't be something, in my opinion, that's so bloody expensive that the people that invest all the skill points don't get to use it unless it's a special enough match where their court ponies up for for that expensive piece of equipment. Like that's what we don't want to design ourselves into that corner. And and this is certainly going to be a, an issue as PC goes forward and everybody in PC uh, gets poorer and poorer and poorer. I mean that's that's the let's be realistic here. This change in PC is going to bleed a lot of corpse down to the down either dry or it's going to bleed them down to where um money management and and balancing what kind of quality of gear your corp can afford to bring to a match and still win is going to be an issue and i you know it's it it's going to be really interesting um 
you know, one of the criticisms that I heard a lot is, is people complain about, well, I can't afford it now, or how can we afford, do you, do you know how much our losses cost? And it's like, well, yes, I know exactly how much the losses cost, but that could be a good thing. If people bleed down enough to the point where you can't afford to run Proto in every single PC match you fight, and, and people have to actually pick and choose when they bust out their top tier gear or when they try to get by and win fights with, with medium gear. This is super, super healthy in my opinion. Um, if it brings some of that diversity back into things, but however we look at it, whatever uh, balance it ends up at, I think the important thing is you have to keep in mind what happens when somebody still has bottomless ISK, because that is going to be a factor for the foreseeable future. This is not going to take away people's riches overnight. There are going to be corpse that for months and months and months are going to continue to run nothing but proto gear regardless. Nyan San, I think I, I, the, the figure 400 billion was floated. So yeah, I, I think the for the the permanent extent of the the rest of dust, we can assume that at least one party in the game, isk will be no object. I, I think what it comes down to for me, and I, I've discussed this before, is I, you know again vehicles don't work in in the current way that the game is designed. It's a critical flaw from the ground up in how they were designed to work with the game, and. Um, I, I don't see it being fixed in Dust. I see everything in Dust is going to be a stopgap to try and 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 adjust it as much as we can. But the the issue is is that they they're the fact that you have a vehicle limit per match. If you think about it, that if you're not the first six vehicles called in, you're not the first two vehicles called in a match. You may be a dedicated tanker who can't call on a tank, or the the I mean the very nature that. A certain class in the game has a has a cap on how many you can bring in. There's nothing that says you can't run a match of 16 snipers or 16 scouts, but there is a limit that you can only run six vehicles, and that is an inherent admission that vehicles are are broken in the design and overpowered from what they should be. And I think there should be the only thing that should prevent you from calling in 16 tanks in a match should be the fact that it should be entirely impossible to do anything intelligent with 16 tanks in a match game, what classes and what balance of classes you use in a team needs to be built into how they play. And the fact that tanks are faster, uh, do more damage, take more damage it, it, and are basically in almost every way superior to a drop suit is an inherent flaw. It, they, they should have other things to do other than killing infantry because they shouldn't be good at killing infantry. They, they should have their own distinct purpose in the game. And that doesn't uh, just mean countering other tanks. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you said that last part because I was about to I was about to confront you on that. It's be like, you know, because if we put in vehicles in the game under the pretense that they're not for infantry, then the only thing they're for is for other vehicles and installations because they can't capture points. They so have to have it, a purpose. Like, yeah, they have to have a purpose, but it can't be fucking arbitrary. Excuse my language again. Sorry. It's just a a biker but well, anyway the uh hearkening back to the whole thing about like removing uh passivism from pc uh, one of the concerns that was brought to me from one of the guys in the community was you know like what about isk transfer to legion you know and at first i was like ah yeah it's, it's kind of kind of tough to answer but now that um i'm starting to see the value in having passivism removed because provided that we're given enough time between legion you know dust 514 and legion's release you have a, a grand opportunity to sort of mitigate how much isk actually gets transported over to legion so i think it's uh 
that's uh, another factor to consider in that in, into that, and I think it's going to impact vehicles uh, immensely to you know the extent that it has because vehicles are to to some degree or another more expensive than some inventory some not all i know there's a lot of proto av fits out there that like well exceed the cost of a tank yeah this kid here so but i mean like you know that's one of the things that i've been pushing for is um maybe like i'm really hoping that they can do something with it in dust 514 as far as like just changing stats out but giving vehicles a dedicated role I think is what CCP has faltered on because like, I mean, you think of a Madrigar and then you think of a gun Logie, right? And you kind of have to like think about, well, what is the difference between the two? What do they do differently other than, you know, shield and armor, you know, like, I mean, vehicles, maybe not to the extent of like LAVs, but vehicles in themselves have always been about two things, transportation and slaying. And I think it's really flawed to have have an entire balance discussion about vehicles being slayers when the entire game is about slaying and they're immune to like 90% of, well, maybe not 90%, maybe like 75% of the small arms in the game. So it, it's sort of a flawed argument to say that, oh, well, they're just better slayers. I think they need to have a dedicated role. And I think that's why CCP has has sort of like floundered so much in trying to get them balanced properly. Is because without having a dedicated role for these things, what are they other than just better infantry? I, I fully agree, and that's. I think in terms of Legion, that needs to be one of their highest design priorities. I think that um, installations and structures need to be an actual active part of the game modes, and there needs to be a reason to have heavy artillery in the game as a you know serious, critical, crucial part of winning the game mode, not just a side task. Um, you know, tankers should be incredibly crucial to an organized play, but that, that doesn't mean they, they should be, you know, infantry farmers. They, they need to be a, a part of progressing through the mode. Well, part of the thing about the installations, and I think um, if it's even possible at this point, I'm not sure if it's like a coding change or whatnot, but if installations didn't just disappear after they got destroyed, that'd be a great thing, in my opinion. Especially if we get the access repair tool fixed up to where it could actually be utilized. And the reason I say that is because installations at the moment are, to some degree, or fundamentally better than... Well, not, no, that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> um, to, to some degree or another, they are fundamentally better than the turrets that are used on tanks. They don't have a magazine limitation. And from, uh, from what I was told the other day, you know, the blaster installations don't have the dispersion like the tanks do. So, technically... If you remove the aspect that, you know, they are Warpoint candy and they can be destroyed permanently, installations can be a very valid tactic to use against very powerful vehicles because they are better than the turrets that are on those vehicles. That's fair enough. Well, since we're on the subject of balancing tanks, uh, why don't we go back to uh, balancing the amount of vehicles that called in, as uh, Sir Excel said. I don't know if any of you remember, but uh, back way back when, in 2009, you actually had to earn a set amount of uh, war points before you could actually call and utilize your arsenal and plethora of vehicles. Um, a similar sort of uh, point scheme that you use. Uh, Warbite strikes on 2,500, I think it is. Um, perhaps maybe you could limit the amount of your six tanks being called in at the very start of the match and actually having to get the player out the red line to actually engage the match to earn the war points to call his, his tank in. 
would that help perhaps balance it even further? Believe it or not, CCP have come up with all the ideas that I think we're all expressing now. They're not stupid. They're not idiots. Although they make colossal cock-ups, but they have got ideas in place. I think it's a fact that we just aren't remembering these ideas. Actually, you know, that, I didn't know that. I, I I started playing right after or right you know, right after it came out of Bay when it first opened up for uh, for the PlayStation. I, I didn't know that they had that. That's we had uh, moving MCCs as well, actually. So your player-controlled moving MCC. But that was back when it was um, actually on the uh, carbon engine running on PC. So, you know, we're obviously coming across to PlayStation. A few facts had to be lost. Uh, but I don't see why you can't call in a tank, say, after you've earned, like, 200 war points. It's not difficult to earn 200 war points. You have to engage into the game. You've killed four turrets two turrets even, whatever, and you've got your war points. Done. Call your tank in. There we go. You, you know, if you think about it, that's a, that's a mechanic that's pretty pretty common in a lot of first-person shooter games that you have to, you know, you know, do a certain amount of things or achieve a, a certain amount of X, and then you get access to, you know, like a UAV or you get access to X, Y, and Z. That's, that's yeah, not, power that's escalation. A, yeah, that's not a bad way to go. And if you think about it, if... If you told me that I had to earn like you know two thousand more points in my squad to call a tank in, that's more valuable than a single orbital usually. It's it, 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 two thousand more points is, is a bit um, far, I think. But yeah, no, no, that's I'm with an you. idea. Just yeah, conceptually, conceptually, if you told me I, I could pick between you know dropping a war, you know a strike or an art, you know or a tank coming in, uh, the tank's going to win every time because it's got a much more longer term use. The, now the the flip side is what the guys were talking about earlier is like if you are a dedicated vehicle dude, you know how do you how do you make the warpoint buffer low enough so that they can get you know they can get the most out of their their SP investment? I, I think that's a, kind of a novel approach. I didn't even know that that was in the game. Uh, it's a it's an interesting approach. Um, the thing I I would say that if that was something that was implemented into the game in its current state, that um, you remove that restriction. From areas like PC, because you know if a corporation's spending the money on the vehicle, just let them use the damn vehicle. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a, it's like, you know, I think it's an artificial sort of limitation that isn't that won't really. Uh... Oh no, I'm not saying it's a be all end all. It's just a suggestion and idea. I mean, this could be perhaps maybe what CCP are getting at when they say streamlining for Legion. Instead of you having to spend SP, should I say, on skilling into the tank, you've obviously streamlined yourself. You get to call in either a dropship, a tank, or a strike. And there's your streamline. Perhaps maybe that's what they got in the uh, their, their arsenal of ideas. I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. That's all. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, it's an interesting concept. Um, but, like, my primary concern is whether or not the players have the accessibility that they need because you know if a guy spends a bunch of sp into a tank he should be able to use a tank instead of running around in a starter fit no. so no i agree if you spent the sp it's your tank you can call it as and when you want it's just an idea maybe they could put forward into legion i don't know just an idea that they came up with originally as well not me it's their idea you know you actually bring up a good point though bam is like i'm sitting here thinking through this so like all the different things that Guys, you said they used to have versus what they have now. I think you're right. There's there's like no lack of good ideas. There's probably a few bad ones out there that I'm sure we don't want to see the light of the day. But uh, it, it's it's pretty cool actually that, that we're kind of coming full circle on this. Maybe they're learning some lessons for Legion. Who knows? Yeah, no friendly fire on dumb fire swarms. 
God, that was terrible. So um, that was funny. <laughs> sounds like a good troll, though. Hey, real quick, uh, I think Hans has to has to jet. Uh, Hans, you want to do a quick shout out? Uh, a shout out to uh, uh, CCP Falcon for uh, getting that uh, awesome post up right away. Um, I know, I know, this hasn't been easy for for anybody involved at CCP to uh, to talk about any of this, and and I know it's even harder to sit down and and like do actual work. Um, you know, when you just kind of want to sit and, and process all of what's going on emotionally. And, and I just, I really appreciate him jumping on that and, and getting uh, some, some hard facts out there about, uh, you know, to make, make sure the community knows that, that we, we absolutely have a point of contact. The CPM is very, very important to CCP and that, that, that working relationship to preserve uh, the community's involvement uh, in the development process is going to continue. Um, no matter what happens in all this, so I really appreciate it, and uh, and, and thanks to everyone else for for being patient and and uh, and and just hanging in there. Like that's that's what it just means a lot to me that that there's still a lot of people around that that aren't discouraged by any of this that that are seeing through, um, seeing through the bad to to the future that we got ahead. And and uh, I I couldn't do this without you guys. So thanks thanks to everyone, and and thanks for having me again tonight. I appreciate it. Yep, absolutely no problem, Hans. The, all right, uh, take care, take care, take care, guys. <laughs> Okay. The, uh, Cheers. I guess we are about at the 120 hour mark, so we'll probably go ahead and start wrapping this up, guys. So what I'd like to do real quick is I'll kind of, you know, go top to bottom again. We'll start with Aeon and Bam and uh, down to Soraya. And just sort of your, kind of your closing thoughts or, or if there's... Last again. There's like that, you know, yeah, the one... Well, you're at the bottom of the list, killer. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you just had like your one idea, you're kind of the one thing you want to you lay out for the community, just... Uh, this is your opportunity, and just kind of keep it keep it kind of short, and we'll move right through it. And any shout outs? So shout outs to any of your mates, uh, anybody in your corp, or whoever you want, and for whatever reason. So with that, we'll start with Aon Mahdi. Yeah, um, this is mostly addressed to the community. Like, if you guys have anything that you want to bring up as a potential thing to implement into Hotfix Bravo, definitely bring it to one of the candidates. Like, seriously. Because we we have a lot of access to, like, Skype discussions that you're totally invited to. Don't think this is, like, just some private thing. I know that's a rumor <laughs> that's been going around lately. Um, you're totally invited to come and chill with us and just talk. Ch- talk shop. So, yeah, this, that's all I really had to say is just, you know, if you, if you have a concern that you want to bring up for Bravo or whatever, you know, bring it up with one of the candidates and we'll make sure that you know, it gets voiced. All right. Sounds good. Any shout outs? Uh, shout out to the listeners, you know, shout out to the candidates and just the community in general. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. All right, bam. Uh, Right, well, uh, yeah, I normally I blame Booker for not having any sort of and taking all my ideas for conclusions uh, for the stuff I tend to do. Right, well, uh, my conclusions is obviously uh, the stuff that went on this afternoon and uh, tonight, actually, with regards to uh, CCP Sabling and CCP Etern, my heart most felt with sympathies and respects for these gentlemen. Uh, I really do wish and hope them the best in life and their future endeavors. They were our princes in uh, dust, and I do worry about them. Uh, With regards to uh, everything else, uh, tank balancing, meta locking, and uh, removing tanks from ambush, yeah, well, those are just ideas. Don't take them as a given. Uh, They're just ideas. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, brother. Any shout-outs to anybody other than the uh, the CCP guys, which, by the way, is a pretty good one? Uh, No, I'm, I'm... Still a bit tough, man, so I 
can't really think straight, okay. if you know what I mean. No, no, absolutely no, no drama with that. Uh, Zell? Yeah, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Godin and Hinox, who've uh, been uh, listening in and have uh, contributed to a, a continuing discussion uh, going on in, in Skype, and uh, they were in the in-game channel, Biomask, um, as a reminder. Uh, people who are listening to the stream can join the in-game channel, Biomast, and, and we do we do read that during the show. Um, uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to my alliance, Top Men. Uh, shout-out to uh, the uh, Podside guys for uh, letting us crash their mumble continually. Um, and uh, Derry for uh, helping us uh, get this streaming live. That sounds good. Also um, vote for me. I've got to... Yeah, that's <laughs> a good coming. point. That dude, Derry, god damn, he helped me out. Mumble is like... Wow! Use Teamspeak, damn it! Not this mumble stuff. God. Darius has been trying try to get us to, to migrate to Teamspeak for a while. Mum, mumble is Mumble is the chosen voice server of the Space King, and everyone shall use it. I've shot the Space King twice. He's definitely dead. Go to Teamspeak. <laughs> the uh, okay. So for me, guys, shout outs. Um, clearly, I want to give a shout out to CCP Saberwing, CCP Eterne. Um, the, the community is better for having you guys have worked with us. Like, totally legit on that one. Um, I would like to give a quick shout out to Bam and Hans. And, and I mean this very specifically. Like, we wanted these two guys on tonight, not because of any, you know, back and forth on the forums that occurred in the last 24 hours, but because they're legitimately two guys that, that believe this much in the community and the game. Uh, that they're that passionate about it. So I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, it, really solid. Um, and I do want to just kind of point out to everybody that's kind of in you know, big forum warriors and stuff like that is it's it's a different thing when you have two guys that are passionate and they're articulate and they're smart and they're trying to actually sort through sort through a situation or sort through a problem. They come at it from different perspectives. And I'd kind of just offer that to you because occasionally, you know, like we all know it, the forum community gets a little toxic, but um, you know, these are two stand-up guys, and I really appreciate having them on. Uh, so, shout-outs to you two guys. Shout-outs to Saber Wing in a turn. Um, and beyond that, uh, my kind of closing thoughts is, I mean, that, that, I guess that really was my closing thoughts. That's what I'd like to just sum it up with. Um, and absolutely, bam, we would, we would really love to have you back on, because I really want to know how you got started in uh, in uh, video cat, you know, YouTube and for dust, like what made you want to start doing that? I, I've actually been wanting to ask you that for a while. So we're going to have to have you on at some point later in, in another week or two and just kind of, you know, maybe a little bit more positive vibes when, uh, when things have cooled down a little bit with the CCP scene. Um, other than that, thanks a lot to Derek and the team and guys, I think we're going to call a night. So without further ado, we'll see you next week.